This is the Decision Masters Podcast. I'm Kirsten Parker, the decision coach for overthinkers. When you feel good about your decisions, life feels good. You get to be present in your days and excited about where you're going. I'm going to help you build your decision mastery so it's easy to know what you want, navigate uncertainty, and handle any feelings that happen. Whether you're in the middle of some overthinking angst right now, or you simply love feeling in charge of your choices, you're in the right place. Clear, confident decisions are right around the corner. Let's get into it. Hello, friend. I can't remember how much I've talked about my new puppy dog uh, because my memory is that's where that's what we're working with right now. So my new puppy may or may not have been mentioned multiple times or very infrequently so far in the recent weeks, but I have to do a whole episode on my husband's and my joint decision to get a puppy because you know me, I'm fascinated by these decision-making processes and um, we... Uh, it's so funny because we have a new one. He just turned three months old at the time of this recording. So that makes our dog count three total. We had large and medium before. Now we have a small, or as Kenny says, we have a tall grande and a venti. <laughs> but the small one is a miniature wire hair dachshund, which is not a dog I ever pictured myself having. And it's just so delightful because sometimes we'll look at each other and he'll be running around with his giant floppy ears and we're like, a wiener dog lives in our house. When did this happen? Who are we? What's happening? Um, And I just had to say that because he's being friggin' adorable right now. He finds this little sunspot in the afternoons and he just curls up in it and he's like, go ahead, paint my portrait if you want. I'll be here for a while. You're welcome. Uh, delightful. Anyway, uh, that has nothing to do with anything we're talking about today. I just wanted to um, not filter my thoughts, and that's what's on my mind. What we are talking about today are decisions about what to eat, how to eat, and what you think and feel about your body. What? Didn't see that come in, huh? So this is a conversation with an intuitive eating coach I have worked with for, I don't know, it's probably going to be a total of six months over the year. I can't remember how long we've worked together at this point in time, but I've been working with her this year and you know I love me some efficient, empowered, conscious, self-honoring decisions and an area of expertise that I do not have, or at least didn't, and that's why I hired her, was around food. And we get into why we started working together in the episode, but I just want to let you know what is coming is a pretty honest, free-flowing conversation between us two gals. We talk about our body image insecurities. I talk about my kind of like chaos thinking around food. And I didn't expect to be so honest, I guess, Um, because a lot of this stuff, you know, I can easily feel inclined to be embarrassed about or ashamed of or think, uh, you know, this is something that I should have figured out or be better at. But that's also what we're here to do. I think a really important component that I want to make sure I infuse into 
everything I put out into the world is we need to stop presupposing that we should have been better in the first place at anything and we need to question what better is quote unquote like what we're being told is better and I yeah I think that's why I just felt really comfortable being like yeah this is my truth this is what I've struggled with this is what I've hired someone to help me with and this is the massive difference it's made in my life and really that's what counts not what anyone might think, right? My clients struggle with this a lot though, thinking like I should not struggle with this thing I struggle with, whatever it is. And I I don't know, if it helps you to hear somebody else say, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine to just own your imperfections and not apologize for them. Um, that's that's my message today. That's also some unfiltered thoughts. You're getting a lot of them. So anyway, uh, let's get to the interview. Victoria talks about what intuitive eating is and is not, which frankly, I should mention this, I never cared what intuitive eating was. I'd heard of it, kind of, didn't know what it was, didn't seek it out, didn't have any opinions about it, uh, couldn't really care less. Uh, but I did find Victoria's stuff that she put out into the world very helpful and so that's how I got started on this journey to this thing but I, I also just think that's funny like I didn't seek out this specific solution that I thought was going to be right um, I just gravitated towards this person I believed could help me and that took a lot of pressure off of me personally like needing to do this thing right uh, which is great because it's so exhausting trying to do everything right mm, you know what I mean so uh, Victoria talks about intuitive eating. We talk about how, how decision-making around food and how to think about your body is affected, how you can change it, how you can make it easier. And I just hope you get a lot out of this conversation. And Conrad says hi. He's the, he's the wiener dog. Uh, have a beautiful day, and I'll talk to you soon. Welcome, Victoria Hello. Yates. Thank you. Welcome to the Decision Masters podcast. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to talk about decision making when it comes to food, body image, all your areas of expertise. Why don't you tell everyone who you are, what you do, and then we can talk about how we are in each other's lives. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm Victoria Yates. I am a former registered nurse turned intuitive eating coach and non-diet health coach. So basically what that means is I help people have a better relationship with food and really work towards feeling better, uh, work towards their health goals with a an approach that isn't restrictive and isn't full of the diety rules and eat this, don't eat that. And really just through building trust with yourself and with your body and listening to your body's cues. Cause I think, you know, something we might talk about though, is like our bodies really are so wise and give us everything that we need to know how to eat. We don't need all the diet rules and trackers and counters and all that, we can really just have a relationship with our body where we just simply listen to our bodies. And it's actually the healthiest route to go. So, and the most freeing and most fun. <laughs> yeah. And the least um, fraught a lot of the times. Yeah. I think what I'm here when you describe what you do is just like decisions, decisions, decisions. And 
that's usually what I hear when anyone talks about anything, but for food choices, particularly, and of course we're not knocking anyone's way of life. Like if the trackers work for you, do your thing. But I know for me personally, why I was drawn to you because Victoria and I have been working together for a good chunk of time this year. It's because every food decision was so fraught and Mm -hmm. everything that you described that I had tried to make my life easier and make food decisions. Like that's why I have done the diets with the rules and I've done the trackers and I've done the name it because I wanted to make those decisions easier and like delegate them to some higher power so that I couldn't, I didn't have to deal with them. So they weren't as stressful. And so that I couldn't get them wrong, but that didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, that's something that I hear from so many people. They're like, I don't know. It's, it's like, uh, food. I just want to like, I don't want to deal with it. Like, I just want to yeah. like, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to eat. Yes. Yeah, it's just, it, it's so weird. It's still weird to me. I like, it's just weird that like that creates kind of the opposite result because it actually makes you more obsessed, more like think, like thinking about it, more obsessing over it, more overthinking it more. And it's actually not freeing. It doesn't give you what you want from that seeking out those diets. Yeah. And when we first worked together, if we can get into that a little bit, and then I want to hear more about your guidance for anyone listening on how to make these decisions easier for themselves. But I think when we first worked together, I had never known what intuitive eating was. I didn't really care about it. I wasn't interested in it. I just wanted (laughs) to know what you could do to make those decisions easier for me. Because the things that you would say, I know you're very active on the Insta, And I would see your stuff and I would be like, oh my God, she's in my brain. And especially like what you just described as I want to just like have the decisions made for me. I can't tell you how many times I've, that's been my truth. I'm just like, I I don't care. Just tell me, just give me the rules to follow. Just give me the checklist. And then yes, exactly. Like you said, we get the checklist because anyone will sell you a checklist of it. Here's exactly what to eat. And it lasts for, you know, 2.5 seconds. And then it's right back to chaos, overthinking and not wanting to deal with it. And then, ugh, blah, 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 blah. And this is like common in your experience, right? It's not oh, just a hundred percent. I mean, this is, this is my experience too. Like I was like professional dieter for many years of my life also. And um, you know, just like really obsessed over the, you know, okay. Google tells me I need to eat X number of calories in a day. So I'm going to do that. And it's just yeah. like part of my personality too, is I am like a rule follower and mm-hmm. I am a perfectionist. Like when you tell me to do something, I'm going to, I'm going to just like do it to 120%. Uh-huh. Um, And I've come a long way. This was, you know, I've come a long way since that moment, but it's just, I think part of just my inclination nature. Um, And so then it was like the diets were really attractive because it's like, I mean, in my regular life, I love a checklist. I love a a calendar. I love a planner. And, um, you know, that's why they were really attractive because I was like, oh, someone's just going to tell me what to do. And then I can feel good about myself because I follow all the rules but then what actually happens 
is just the way that our bodies work is we just don't, especially when it comes to food. I always like to say we have this inner like teenager that's just rebellious to food rules. And so when we give ourselves those rules of like, you have to eat this way, follow this diet, follow this plan. We have this natural, like little inner teenager or toddler, depending on where you're at, um, (laughs) that loves to rebel against that. And so that's where you find like a cycle that I see my clients really struggling with so often is this cycle of like, they buy the program or the plan or the diet, they follow it to a T until they don't. And then, you know, they eat the one too many cookies or miss the week at the gym or whatever, and feel like a failure Mm -hmm. and then throw it all out the window and then kind of find themselves in that cycle until the next time where they're like, I got to get back on track. I've got to like, I got to do this. Yes. And I think that there is something about like following that diet or that plan or that program that like sends endorphins through us. I think it's like, especially for people who are wired, like maybe you and I, it like gives us this high to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to follow this plan and then my life's going to be complete and I'm going to feel amazing about myself. And um, we're already like seeing down the road of like what we imagine this diet and plan is going to give us. And I think there is that allure but it's never, it never lasts because you're the problem with all of those plans are they bypass your actual physical body and Mm. you're not, you're dissociating from your actual body. So you, you never build up that trust with yourself. So then you're always having to rely on the next plan, the next program and outsourcing your own expertise when it comes to this area of food. And all along, like we do have that ability to just listen to ourselves, to trust ourselves. We have intuition when it comes to food. We just need to build that muscle back up of listening to ourselves and learn how to do that again. Oh my gosh. I just had the biggest aha moment when you were describing that cycle that we live in. Every time I've taken on a big organization project and I'm like, at my first of many trips to the container store. And I'm like getting ready. Like I have everything, like these cabinets behind me. Oh my gosh, you should see them. There's like pullout drawers. There's like organizer bins. There's, it's such an endorphin high. And I feel like every time I've embarked on one of those, like, oh my gosh, okay, this is going to be the thing. I'm going to get my color-coded Tupperwares and I'm going to you know, count out my freaking almonds because I should have nine almonds as a, at a, as a snack at 11 a.m. Like, raise your freaking hand if you've ever done that. And I feel like that's the exact same thing I was trying to do. I was trying to like do the organizing, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make this perfect thing that I really enjoy in life with like physical spaces and objects, like a closet, a cabinet. But you're right because it's not the same. It's bypassing this entire living, breathing, changing, feeling thing. That's not a closet full of clothes that once you organize them, it's just, it's like a perfect system and it can work and stay there, you know, for the whole season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I will often tell, you know, tell my clients, like, we're not robots. That's why like the diets don't work because the nine almonds at 11 AM isn't (laughs) actually satisfying. It's not fun to check that box off and be like, okay, I ate my almonds. Yeah. Yeah, We're different every single day. Our body's needs are different every single day. And that's why 
that's why it's just like nothing about dieting works because like I said already, like, like you're, you're dissociating from your physical body that has different needs, you know, changes on a daily basis. We actually, I mean, we need different amounts of calories every day. It's not like, oh yeah, this amount is going to be perfect for me every single day. Like that would work if we were robots, it would not work. It does not work because we're not. (laughs) So, so how do we end up here? Like why do we end up in this place that we've been describing where we are overwhelmed by food decisions? Like my experience was I would just not want to think about it. And we get to the end of the day and then dinner would be chaos because it's like, what are we eating? I don't want to make this decision. I don't care. I don't want to deal with it, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to think about it, but I know a lot of people struggle with different things. Like there's, I wanted to ignore the food completely. And then I would forget to eat. Some people are thinking about it constantly. And I've certainly been there too, but why do we get in this situation where food decisions are just overwhelming and fraught and not fun and not intuitive? Yeah, I think it's a couple of reasons. And I think that you're, you're right to say, like, I see typically people swing to one extreme or the other, either they're, you know, kind of like what you experienced. This is too overwhelming. I'm just going to like, try to not think about it until you're starving. Right. And then your (laughs) husband gets uh, very, (laughs) very prickly. (laughs) Could you be a little less hangry every single day? Thank you. Yeah. 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 Or you're the other extreme, like you described and you're like, it's something that is like always anxious, you know, anxiously circling through your brain. But I think the reason why this happens is, and the reason why we feel so overwhelmed is we are inundated by food rules. And oftentimes they are like food rules that don't align too. There's almost like this, um, I don't, yes. I can't think of the word, but it's like, like competing, competing intentions, competing rules. Yes. I, I saw on Instagram recently, someone did a reel and it was like, you know, one person is saying, I don't eat gluten. And then they're like, you know, some people are saying like, oh no, like that way is wrong. And, you know, you should eat paleo. And then other people are like, no, vegetarian's the way to go. Like they're all competing and it just creates so much confusion. And then you never feel like you're doing the right thing Mm -hmm. and always feeling like a failure. So I think there's that element of like, we're just inundated by the eat this, don't eat that. Do you remember that book back in the day? Like the, the eat this, yeah. don't eat that book. Like and all, of the, think about. all the articles <laughs> in our 17 magazines and our yep. teen vogues, like it's eat all this, like, not that. If yep. you want a satisfying crunch of a chip, eat a carrot stick instead, obviously. <laughs> just so We've been learning this stuff for decades. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think that is a big part of it. And then we go into eating with like this laundry list of rules and then not even just like rules, but like rules that compete against each other and don't align. And then we're just spinning out in confusion of like never feeling like we're doing the right thing and always feeling like a failure. Like we can't eat well enough, quote unquote. And then, and then that leads to either the, 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 like what the heck eating, I call it what the heck eating would just like throw it up in the air. Like, I just don't even care. I'm not going to think about food. I'm not going to think about what I'm eating or the like, just so much anxiety in the food department. Yeah. And those aren't sustainable ways to live. I think that, that correct me if I'm wrong, but the, I imagine 
just based on the group program that I was in and the people who I got to know and the commonalities that we all found that we had in our struggles, people probably start working with you at the moment they realize, I don't want to use my energy for this anymore. In, yeah. in whatever in whatever way they are, the over anxiety or the uh, ignoring, <laughs> avoiding situation. At some point, I think you reach a point, and this is kind of similar to the way people come to me too when they're fed up with decisions in general, not just food and body image specific. Taking up too much energy and not creating the results they want, yeah. and it's you get to this point where you are looking ahead at kind of the rest of your life. And you're like, what's my plan? Is it going to be hard forever? Eh. Yeah. And luckily it doesn't have to be. Yeah. I remember for me, like I was like the way that I used to be with food. Like I was, I remember going to bed every single night and like calculating how many calories I'd eaten during the day, kind of like looking at like what I'd eat, eaten and like allowing whatever to make me feel good or bad about myself. Yeah, like a report card every day. Yes. Yes. Every single day. And I remember getting to this point where I was like, oh, like, I don't want to be doing this until I'm 80 years old. Like that does, that is not fun. And I was like, there's gotta be a different way. And that really was like the start of, you know, learning about intuitive eating, like start of like, like even before I knew it was intuitive eating, Mm -hmm. starting to like, let go of those rules and really just like leaning into like, like, can I trust my body? And I think some people really struggle with this idea of like trusting their bodies. And I think it's because we, or I know it's because like, we're, we're inundated with this message that we can't trust our bodies from diet culture. But I think it really helped me at least from my background in the medical field and knowledge of the human body that intuitive eating aligns so well with just how our bodies work. For me, it just clicked. And I was like, oh, I don't have to go to bed every night calculating my calories. I don't have to like obsess over the, the nine almonds, I really can just like listen to my hunger and my fullness and I can pay attention to what's, you know, satisfaction. And I can let that be what helps me know like when to eat, what to eat. And, and I have found that, and I'm curious your thoughts on this too, but I really have come to the conclusion that when we listen to our bodies, we, our bodies really do lead us towards a really healthy balance of food. We're not going to like, I think so many people have the fear Mm -hmm. of like, if I listen to my body, I'm just going to eat fast food all the time and donuts and pizza. And, and that's not what happens. Like when we actually really do listen to our bodies, like that doesn't feel good. And we're going to really naturally gravitate towards a healthy balance. And it's not like the, I can never have the pizza or the donuts or the fast food, but it's this place really that, that is just like so beautifully in the middle. Yeah. And I think that because we have so much practice squeezing ourselves into forced structure of a diet or a plan or a set of rules that feels safe and comfortable at first, because we, we, we do like structure, but we have so much practice squeezing ourselves into that and then rebelling against it because it's not sustainable because it bypasses the human aspect of our bodies, which you described beautifully. We have a lot of practice, therefore, associating going off the rails, (laughs) eating anything off script as 
being out of control. Yeah. And I think that in the, in my past too, I would go on these kind of bread benders where I was just like, you know what? The easiest thing to do so I don't have to make decisions is just eat bread because that's what sounds good. And that's what is readily available everywhere. So I'd have like a muffin from the coffee shop in the morning and then pasta because that was like the like plain pot, like, and this was, this would be my cycle. And I think what I did was associate that with, that's what my body's going to do if I let it run free on its own. And that's not good. That's not okay. And the truth is that wasn't what my body was intuitively craving and it didn't feel good. (laughs) It's just, that was like the maladaptive solution to not wanting to make decisions, but it wasn't what I would naturally choose if I was in touch with my body and what it wanted. Did I describe that in a way that makes sense? Oh yeah. I was just thinking like, it's kind of like the image that came to my mind was like riding a bike with training wheels versus not. The Mm. diet is like the training wheels on this bike. You're like, oh yeah, this feels great. Like I feel in control. I feel safe. But like nobody wants to ride a bike with training wheels forever because that would not be fun. It's so much more fun and like so much more fulfilling to like ride a bike without training wheels. But when you first take them off, it's super wobbly. You're like, do this. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I think I need those training wheels again. Right. But like, as you continue to practice that. Then you get the training wheels off and you're like, oh, wow, this feels amazing. Like I can go so fast. Right. I just feel like, I don't know, that analogy just came to my brain. It's perfect. (laughs) Well, and I think that for me, it was a, it's a, it's been a hard balance, uh, not hard balance. It's using my head (laughs) to inform some of the decisions. Yeah. It has been tricky because of the, you know, 30 plus years of practice I have using only my head to make the decisions. And I think what you've helped me do is get in touch with like, how do I feel and how does food, like certain food make me feel and then use my head kind of at the end of the process to think about, you know, is there any fiber in this? Do I want to add a, a green or a something or like a fat or whatever, but it's, it's a very different approach to deciding what a meal is going to be or what food for the day is going to involve than the head only way of mm-hmm. your, does that make sense? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's this like beautiful marrying of like both your head knowledge and your body knowledge. And I think like you were describing, like, I think so often we're I think that we just get so dissociated from like our physical bodies. Cause like that's, yeah. that's dieting, right? We kind of have to dissociate from our bodies to diet, right? Like, cause there's this, you have to eat at this time and this time and this time and only this amount. And so you, in order to be successful on a diet, you really do have to dissociate from your body. So we get mm-hmm. out of touch with that. And then, you know, what you're describing, like, I think a lot of people think intuitive eating is only your body, like only paying attention to your physical body. And like, it's, it's, uh, and maybe not even physical body, but like maybe only like your wants and desires and that's cravings, like cravings. I'm just going to want donuts. Yeah. But it's really this like beautiful marrying of like, I'm using my head knowledge of what nutritious nutritionally like works well together for me to feel really good and energized. Mm -hmm. You know, I know something that something that I teach my clients, something that we, we talked about a bit is like 
the difference between the macronutrients and like how they like their staying power in your body and like using that to help inform your decisions about what you're going to put on your plate and what you're going to do for your snack and not just like using it as a rule, but using that, you know, as information that is correlated also with like how you physically feel. So it's like this combo deal the result of that is going through your life and your day with nutrition feeling really empowering versus restrictive Mm. and controlling. Yes. The way that I help people update their decision-making in their regular life is exactly what you're describing. And I think that makes so much sense to me because you can make a rule that you just say yes when you get invited to a friend's uh, big life event, or if a friend asks a favor, right? You can make a rule so that that informs your decisions. Like this is what a good friend does. But then you can get to a point in your midlife where you've made a bunch of decisions based on this rule and you don't really love all of them. They don't feel genuine and authentic. It kind of just feels like you're checking a box that you should make this decision because this is how you make this decision. And you can tell when it's when it's coming from the rule and not coming from like your truth. And I think that this is what you're describing with, you know, knowing, okay, what food is going to help energize me? You can end up with the same plate, just like you could end up with the same decision to say yes to your friend asking for the favor. But if it comes from a rule, because this is what I have to do, this is what I have to eat versus it comes from, well, here's the reason I genuinely want to say yes or no to this friend in this instance at this time in my life. This is why I want to put this stuff on the plate because of how it's going to affect my body. And I know that this is how I'm feeling and how I'm going to feel. It makes such a difference. Yeah. Does that yeah. make any sense? Oh, a thousand <laughs> It really percent. makes sense to me. <laughs> I love I love the similarities here because I think that, yeah, I think it's so cool because it's really true. And I was like, like going back to each of us have, an inner rebellious teenager. It's kind of like the same. Like Mm. you imagine like back in your teens, I don't know if this is you, but like there were things that my parents would say, they would just give me the rule. You can't watch this show or you can't watch this movie. Yeah, You can't read these books. And what did I want to do? I wanted to watch the show, read the books. I wanted to do the exact thing that they told me not to. Now, if they had come in and said, because they never gave me an explanation either. It was always just like, here's Mm -hmm. the rule. This is the standard. This is what you need to obey. (laughs) And if they had ever just like said, like, this is why I feel like I would have approached it so much different, right? Like I wouldn't have been so rebellious or if it was like a coming together decision Mm -hmm. versus like just being told this is what you need to do. Yeah. Like what you were saying, like the outcome could be the same. Yeah. But how you feel about it in the process, either you're going to feel really icky because you're being told this inner critic is like telling you what to do, or you're going to feel really empowered because you're coming alongside this knowledge and body knowledge and like coming alongside that decision in a way that feels really empowering. Yes. Yeah. It's the restriction versus freedom feeling that we really seek out those authority figures because that's how we learn from childhood. We like, we, we are told this is what's good for you. This is what's best for you. And we don't always get the explanation. And that's the system that's set up for us. So that by the time we get to be in midlife and making food decisions, we're still looking for that outside authority to just tell me what I need. Tell me how many macros I need. Tell me how many calories I need. 
And that body knowing is kind of irrelevant because it's like, well, I don't know best, but Mm -hmm. what I've come to understand from working with you is I can know me best. And I think that we're getting more examples, at least like in this very specific moment in time of especially women kind of being examples of, I know my body best, but that's certainly not been the norm for our whole lives. No. And I think that goes into like something that I talk a lot and work on a lot with clients is like so many of my clients share with me that they see this generational pattern of like their moms, their grandparents going on diet after diet after diet. And when we think about just psychology and like child development and like maturing into adulthood, the healthy kind of route is, you know, you have that parent figure who is that like secure person for you. That's like teaching you what to do, you know, helping guide you. And then there's supposed to be this natural, like breaking away from that. But when you have a parent that, you know, is not secure in their relationship with food and is outsourcing to dieting, you never pick that up and never learn that. So something that I, you know, I have a lot of clients who are, are moms and are wanting to kind of lead by example and change that generational cycle for their kids. And I always tell them like, me, like, how do I teach my kids to, you know, eat intuitively? And I'm like, the best thing you could do is to do this work for yourself. Um, so yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And I think that that is always helpful for me, at least. Like, I think sometimes with that hard, like perfectionist, hard, like inner critic that, I mean, at least I have a lot of times and I've had to like really get to know that inner critic inside of me, but I think it's always helpful for me to like come at that part of me with compassion and be able to say, yeah, of course, this has been a struggle. Of course, this has been hard. Of course, I went the diet route. Of course, I, you know, have a hard time trusting my body because of all of these patterns in this history. And I can come at that part with a lot of compassion. And I think that that really is so important because if you are wanting to learn to eat intuitively, there's going to be a lot of times where you quote fail, yeah. you know, because that's just part of the process. You're going to make a mistake. You're going to overeat. You're going to eat something and feel horrible and like, wish you didn't eat it. And that's okay. This is something we have to just, you know, we have to approach with this curiosity and compassion as you're learning. So I don't yeah. know. I find that very helpful for me, at least, you know, with it's that critical to- part. It's so helpful for that because it's almost like, my experience was very, so fascinating to kind of set out on this goal with you. That was a different goal than I've ever had paying for help with food and my body. Cause every other single time I've invested in any kind of help like that, it's been for the sole purpose to lose weight. And the, when I invested with you, the purpose was <laughs> at the beginning, it was like, just stop having all the drama. If that was, it wasn't an elegant goal. (laughs) It wasn't like, uh, it, but when I, you know, when we had more conversations, it really became clear to me that what I wanted was to set myself up for the, the rest of forever, however long that ends up being not hating my body, feeding myself in a way that like, feels nourishing and intentional and letting go of the perfectionism and the judgment and the always needing to be different. Like I really didn't want to be 75 
and still hating my body. Mm-hmm. And I like not actively hating it, like shouting at it in the mirror. Although, you know, my heart breaks for my like 20 year old self who probably actually did that. But just thinking every single time you look at yourself, you're scanning for what's wrong or you're, we're so quick to criticize vocally, or I, I was bad this weekend. And I really was like, no, I don't want to do that forever. And I think it was new information to me that people don't Mm, like there are people. I think that's why the stuff I saw from you was so powerful too, because I was like, wait, there are people who are just fine. Like they're what they're fine with how they look and they're they're chill with food. Like, what is this magic? What is this wizardry? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Bananas. Yeah. It is. It's very, yeah. It's very counterculture, I think still. And I think that makes it hard for a lot of people to like wrap their minds around like what you were saying, like, wait, this is possible. Um, so yeah, but it, it, it is, it, it is possible. And I think, I just think back to my younger self and I thought the same, like I thought, oh yeah, this is just how I'm, how I'm going to be forever. Just going to have to just yeah. you know, go to parties and like stay 20 feet away from the cake. <laughs> um, until and- you reach perfection, then yeah. you just, all you have to do is stay there. And, but and as long as you do that, you can feel fine. Yeah. Someday. (laughs) Yeah. This is also why like that brings me to think about, like, I see a lot of people who are thinking, okay, I'm just going to lose the weight. I'm going to go on this diet. And I I even hear from people, I'm going to go on a diet and like, and then I'll start to listen to my body and like eat intuitively. I'm going to lose the weight first. And then I'll start to like, I have to do this first, but that just doesn't work because of a lot of reasons. But I think the biggest one is then you maybe get there, you get to that like smaller size and now it's the pressure to stay there. And then you have to continue to restrict and obsess. Yeah. A lot of everything that we talk about comes back to the restriction versus freedom. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what everyone listening wants freedom in their decision-making because the rules are limited in their efficacy. Rules will only get you so far and habits will only get you so far. And, you know, this crowd is wise to the habits. We know when we're doing things that don't feel intuitive, don't feel authentic. And like we said, don't create the results we want. And it's really interesting to look at what results have I been taught to want versus what results do I actually care about? Mm -hmm. A lot of the people who are coming to me to to kind of update their decision-making are like, well, I've always just needed everyone to think I'm doing a great job and look really successful because that's how I've always made decisions, but I'm not actually even sure that's what I want now. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's been a really interesting process working with you to watch my trained brain being like, you should lose weight. You should always lose weight. You should just be smaller. You should want to be smaller. And then for my conscious brain to be like, I don't think we actually care about this. Hmm, So let's do the work that we are doing, but let's have compassion for that part of our brain. That's still unlearning that this is the main goal. Yeah. Yeah. I love, you know, when we're unpacking, when I'm unpacking that with a client, I'll sometimes ask them this question of how would you feel about your body? If you were like the only person on a deserted Island. And so many of them, interestingly tell me, 
I'd, I'd be fine. Like I'd feel fine. And it's that, I think you, you talk about this, like the fear of other people's opinions, like yeah, the FOPO, the FOPO, <laughs> right. It's Real. like, I'm so afraid of being out in the world. And I just want to, with so much compassion, say that of course that exists because we yes. live in this culture where filters, Photoshop, super high standard of like, what is culturally acceptable of a quote, good body. So that's going to be there. But yeah, I think it's so powerful to be able to pause and say, oh no, I actually do feel content. I, I don't have to keep striving for a different body. I can be content. Yeah. And I think that's really cool there too, is my work really is about, we talked about this in the very beginning that we want to put that goal of weight loss on the back burner when we're starting to learn to eat intuitively. Cause I do have a lot of clients who do come to me and they're like, I want to lose weight. And I'm like, yeah, we can hold space for that. Yeah. And that's allowed. So that's allowed. And also let's prioritize right now, working on your relationship with food and your relationship with your body for all of the other reasons that we've already talked about, because that's, what's really going to help you in the long run. And I think that that's a big misconception that you help clear up for people. What's the purpose of intuitive eating? What isn't yeah. and the purpose or, and what are the, what does it look like when you are living in this way of life, mindset, operating system, whatever, it's not just eating donuts all day. And it's not, not caring about your health. It's not just like saying F it to, you know, I don't care what my cholesterol is. It's for me, at least my understanding, tell me if I'm wrong, choosing the things that you care about on purpose and letting go of all of the learned, imposed, absorbed rules yeah, and the Mm -hmm. morality and the legality that we associate with food and bodies from mm-hmm. childhood. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. You said that well. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I try to be a good student. Okay. So if someone is like, Oh, I'm interested in more freedom and less restriction, where do I even start besides just getting in touch with you, which I recommend. And I will ask you how they will do that. What, what would you tell someone as the first step? I always, this question is always hard for me because I think everybody has a little bit of a different first step, but I would say like overall, one of the best things that you can do is just to number one, start to become more aware of that diet mentality, that good food, bad food, eat this, don't eat that. Become more aware of like, when are you outsourcing that expertise versus listening to yourself? And I think just right away. Like even probably I'm, I'm guessing like after even just listening to this podcast, you're going to go out in the world and you're going to start to notice some of this. Cause yeah. I know you that with me, Kirsten, about like, you were like, wow, I like, didn't realize how much diet culture was like everywhere. And now everywhere. I do. And yeah. And I think that that is a really good place to start because once you, once you are aware, right. They say like awareness is the first step. And once you become more aware, then you can start to like have that power to challenge some of that, old conditioning or that unhelpful conditioning. And I think the second part that is equally helpful is to then just start to pay attention to your body. As simple as that sounds, it's also very hard. 
And so I don't say that with like a, like a, Oh, this is just easy. You know, it is hard, but just start to become more aware of three main things, your hunger cues coming at it from this place of curiosity, get get curious about what does it feel like in my body to be hungry and actually eating when you are hungry and then becoming aware of what does a comfortable fullness feel like. And then the third thing that I talk a lot about is satisfaction, which is something that we don't typically pay attention to, especially if you come from years of dieting, that is not a priority with dieting. And so actually like asking yourself, what, what would sound good right now? What would be satisfying right now? So those are three things that I work on really intently with my clients. I mean, that is, that's how to eat, right? Like that's at its basics. That's how to eat. You eat when you're hungry, you stop when you're full, you eat foods that are satisfying, and then you pay attention to how the, how food makes you feel that's the core of intuitive eating. What makes that hard for so many people is all of what we talked about already, the food drama, the rules, the diet culture, the conditioning. So those are the other pieces that like, if you're struggling with eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full, eat foods that are satisfying, then it's typically, you know, we just need to work a little bit on some of that other stuff, the, the mental components that make that really challenging. Yeah. And I have to say, as someone who loves structure and and is rule inclined, even having that framework was so helpful because it did give me something to pay attention to. And it did get, but like more worthwhile than am I eating the right things or the wrong things? And it's stuff I've never, ever thought about before. You know, in my experience, I'm really grateful for working with you because it's like a whole area of my life that I just don't have to waste energy on forever. And it's so nice to feel ease and freedom around that and feel like more capable of making decisions in a way that I like, which is like my whole jam. It's my life's happiness. So I'm like, great. This was not happening on its own. So I appreciate you personally. Yeah. Well, I loved working with you. So it was really cool to, to watch you to getting to where you are now. Mm. Yay. Okay. So if someone is can't wait to talk to you. Where do they go? How do they find you? Where do they follow you? Tell us everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my kind of hub is my website, which is victoria-yates.com. And then as you said, I'm on Instagram pretty actively. I'm non-diet underscore RN. I also have a podcast called the Redefining Health Podcast and put out an episode every week. So you can come check that out. And I'm in the process of creating a new program. It's going to be a group program that's got a whole over 20 module course and group coaching. So anyway, you can be one of the firsties into that program if you want or you can reach out to me and I would love to have you. So good. All of that's going to be linked in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here and sharing everything. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye everybody. Hey, if you loved this episode, you got to grab your free copy of the ultimate guide to easy decisions. You'll get six instant solutions to get out of your head and feel certain about your next choice. Just go to kirstenparker.com forward slash guide to grab it. And make sure to subscribe so you can catch every week's episode to keep building your decision mastery and become an X overthinker. See you soon.